What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of X Knows All. This is going to be a little bit of a different episode. I know I've been a little bit MIA over the past couple of months, or I don't know, a little over a month, I suppose, and work has been so nuts, and I've just had no capacity to record, but I think this episode, I'm not going to edit it. I'm not putting any intro music, obviously. This is just a pretty serious and, and critical time to be discussing the topic at hand. And I'm hoping that, you know, I do have a small, tiny audience, but I know that we're mighty, small yet mighty. And I know that most of these listeners are so supportive and um, their hearts and minds are in the right place. And I figured, you know, just with the tiny audience that I have, what can I do to help, to help this family? So I'll just dive straight into it. For those of you that, that don't know, uh, Nancy Ng, she's a 29 year old woman from Monterey Park, California, uh, which is a city in Los Angeles. She went missing on October 20th, 2023, while she was at a yoga retreat in Guatemala the circumstances around her disappearance have proven to be incredibly strange and those that last saw her alive are refusing to speak with her family. This is an ongoing investigation. Uh, her body has not been found, you know, deceased or alive. And I'm going to really quickly explain a few resources before I dive into the episode. And I'll, of course, link all of these resources in the episode show notes as well. So the first resource up top that I want to discuss is Nancy's GoFundMe page that her sister Nikki's partner has created on behalf of the family. Because when a person goes missing in a foreign country, it makes it all the more difficult to engage with authorities, not only because there is a language barrier, but the efforts to go in and out of that country in hiring private investigator search and rescue teams to search for her body so they go into length about what the gofundme helps to contribute to but anything you have can have even anything that you can donate even if it's just five dollars can help this family um continue these search efforts as it's been over a month since she was last seen there is an instagram page that their family has created at help us find nancy so you can get any and all updates there. And if also if you donate to her GoFundMe, you'll get, you know, periodic uh, blasts from their family about, you know, the updates on the search and and the latest the latest happenings. There's also a Reddit page that Nancy Ng Reddit. The moderator the moderator on that Reddit page has said she's in touch he or she is in touch with the family and also has been um, talking with Ed, who has been covering this case from the very beginning. Uh, his TikTok I'll also link, um, but the Reddit page is a good source of information and debunking certain things. And there's a lot of he said, she said in the media. And I think this is a really good avenue to, you know, see what is the source of, of truth. There's a man named Ed on TikTok who every couple of days he's been releasing updates to the case. And they're really short snippet videos, about six minutes long, where you can see what the latest developments are. He's done an excellent job and it's super succinct and quick and you can kind of get everything you need in, in those six minute videos. So I'll link his TikTok as well. And then finally, I'm going to just be going into statistics about black indigenous people of color going missing and just discussing statistics um, at the beginning of the episode. So I'll link that resource as well in the bio. 
So I want to talk about first why this case rattled me so much and why I want to spotlight it. So Nancy is an Asian American woman and the press and rhetoric going around about her case was really just done by grassroots creators on TikTok. I found out about out about it through TikTok a month after she, maybe three weeks into her disappearance. And I was like, why haven't I seen this on mainstream media or on the news or any major press, press junkets? Why is this the first time I'm hearing about this from this random chick on TikTok? And it really got me thinking, and I've really thought about this being a true crime advocate or whatever you want to call it, being very into true crime since I was very young. You know, this is just a fact, right? Those that get press in the media are by and large white, blonde women. I mean, think of when Gabby Petito went missing. It felt like the entire world was following her case and her case was equally as valid as every single other case. Uh, And I'm not trying to diminish Gabby Petito's case at all. But what I'm trying to point out is that it's, it's a fact that white women are are spotlighted in the press when they go missing versus black indigenous people of color. And when I think of just the most high profile cases, at least that I've remember from being young is, you know, the John JonBenet Ramsey case, Natalie Holloway case, Madeline McCann. These are all, what do they have in common? White blonde women. What are the statistics of black indigenous people of color going missing? So in 2022 alone, there was 546,568 individuals that were reported missing in 2022, and nearly 40% of those missing persons were persons of color. I think it's important to note that uh, Black people made up 13% of that 40. Thousands of people are reported missing every year in the U.S., and while not every case will get widespread, widespread media attention, the coverage of white and minority victims is far from proportionate. So why is there a disparity in media coverage? So number one, runaways. A lot of minority children are initially classified as runaways and as a result do not receive that initial amber amber alert. Number two, criminality. Missing minority adults are labeled as associated with criminal involvement such as gangs or drugs. So police are often quick to chalk it up to say, oh, well, you know, maybe their dad kidnapped them. Or whatever, because their dad's a criminal and involved in a gang. And of course, desensitization. So it is believed that missing minorities live live in impoverished conditions and crime. And it's just essentially a regular part of their lives. Crime and people going missing. So what can we do as, I don't know, what can we do to help level this playing field? So we need more diversity in the newsroom. According to the 2008 diversity survey conducted by the American Society of News Editors, newsrooms tend to be white and male. A diverse staff means a wide range of stories can be told. Less is more. So the balance, balancing the scales and showing less of one group and more of everyone. Number three, seeing value in black and brown lives. This is an American issue and it affects us all. Black and brown lives are equally as important as white lives, as Asian lives. And of course, being vigilant, we all law enforcement, the media and our community should be vigilant in finding each and every person that goes missing. Why does this case resonate so much with me? So Nancy grew up in Monterey Park, which is where my entire paternal side of the family is from. It's a suburb in East Los Angeles that is predominantly Asian. 
before my grandmother passed, we would go to Monterey Park literally every weekend to visit her and my grandpa, and they have the best Asian food there. I was like, wow, this really hits home. Nancy also works for the Alhambra Unified School District, helping special needs children. My dad has a few uh, investment properties in Alhambra, and so we go there all the time. In fact, my sister even lived in one of his units in Alhambra for a period of time during the pandemic when he had a vacancy. So I'm very familiar with the Alhambra area. And she's also a woman who grew up honestly in a family that looks really similar to mine. She has a sister and a brother. Uh, she seemed really like active and fit and she seemed to be an active person going to this yoga studio all the time. So much so that you know, she decided to go on this yoga retreat in Guatemala that was hosted by one of her favorite instructors. And we'll talk about him. His name is Eddie Ramada. And it's important to just, you know, point up at the very beginning that this yoga retreat that she went on, while many of the retreat goers and the yoga instructor that led the retreat was a part of Hot 8 Yoga, this wasn't a Hot 8 Yoga sponsored event. This was a private event hosted by this man, Eddie Ramada. So let's get into the highlights of the case. On October 19th, uh, Nancy went missing in Lake Audit Lawn in Guatemala, and this would have been her second year going to this retreat. She was, like I said, she was an active goer of Hot at Yoga. It's a super popular studio in the greater Los Angeles area. My sister lived in LA for years. She went to, to pharmacy school at, at USC, and she lived in LA for upwards of six years. And I was talking to her about the case, and she told me, oh my god, Hot at Yoga is like super popular. And Interestingly enough, I was watching Selling Sunset, Selling Sunset, which is a trash TV show. But one of the scenes, Mary and Amanza were at Hot at Yoga at this private uh, workout class. So I'm like, wow, this really has like a huge presence in, in LA. A few days into this yoga retreat, uh, the organizer called Nancy's family and told them that she had gone missing. And she was officially reported missing on October 20th. She was last seen... In a video taken on October 19th, she was paddling on a kayak and she was waving to the camera. It's almost like you would, her smile was so infectious. It was almost as if you could see her smiling like 30 feet away from where this camera, uh, this video was shot. She just seemed so lively and happy in this video, which like breaks my heart even more because little did she know, you know, whatever happened to her was just an hour or two away. What had happened was she was last seen splitting from the group. There were about 10, I think there were 10 retreat goers on this retreat and they decided to all go kayaking on the lake. So uh, Nancy and another woman named Christina Marie Blazik decided to continue kayaking up the lake and the other eight of the retreat goers decided to retreat back to shore. This other woman who joined her to continue paddling, her name is Christina Marie Blazik, uh, they continued going up another mile before Nancy jumped into the lake and either drowned or something happened and she disappeared during that hour so that her and Christine were unaccounted for and were on the lake by themselves. Christina paddled back to the sh group on shore and they all immediately went back to their hotel. When hotel staff tried to search for Nancy and they could not find her, they reported her missing to the Guatemalan authorities. The retreat ended up checking out of the hotel a mere 12 hours later, and they all returned back to the U.S. Sounds Nancy. All the retreat goers are choosing to not come forward and talk with the police. They never gave any witness statements and have been, haven't been forthcoming at all with any information to be given to Nancy's family. And 
You'll see later on, as I discuss this, Christina later denies this claim. She says she did talk to Guatemalan authorities. However, in the 100-page report that Nancy's family later received, there is no such witness statement provided from Christina Maria Blasek in that 100-page report. Guatemalan officials searched the lake and the hotel room, and they but they suspended the search after 72 hours as they cited weather conditions making it very difficult to search the lake. And of course, Nancy's family was like, no, we're not going to stop. So they hired a private search and rescue team called Black Wolf Helicopters. Black Wolf Helicopters says that they've searched nearly the entirety of the lake using things like sonar technology and divers. Uh, but Nancy's body obviously still has not been recovered. The family has been trying to reach out to Christina Maria Blazik many a time since October 20th to no avail. She later did reach out to Nancy's family, but through her attorney, not directly to that family. Christina Maria Blazik told Guatemalan officials that Nancy drowned, but that statement, again, is nowhere to be found in that report. No one's coming forward. There's these suspicious witnesses. There's key info being held that is not helping the case. What's most frustrating is if Nancy did in fact drown, Christina directing the search and rescue team to exactly where she was last seen and where she allegedly would have drowned would have saved so much precious time and so much precious resources because with her refusing to speak up at the very first, at the, the first 72 hours would have saved the family so much time and money. But now, of course, we're over a month down the road they searched basically the entirety of the lake and her body still hasn't come up. It, it's incredibly frustrating. So what do we know about the case so far? Hotel that The hotel that the group stayed at is called Isla Verde. In fact, there's a picture of Nancy and Yogi Eddie, who's the retreat or uh, the host, Yogi Eddie Ramada, is actually on the hotel's Instagram from last year. Uh, what's been said in the media is that once Nancy went missing, the retreat goers ransacked Nancy's room. Once they left the kayak excursion, they went back to the hotel and then ransacked her room. The Instagram handle for this hotel is Isla Verde Auditlan, I-L-I-S-L-A-V-E-R-D-E-A-T-I-T-L-A-N is the Instagram handle. And through looking at the hotel hotel's Instagram, this reminds me honestly a lot of the yoga retreat I went on last November in Tulum. Um, I think this is why like this case really struck me. It was almost as as if I was like, wow, I was seeking reprieve and solace and just a a week to refresh and just relax in Tulum at this beautiful sanctuary of a place. When I was looking at some of the TikToks, it looked as if they would begin each morning in silence. Like they would eat mindfully, eat in silence, eat peacefully. They would meditate. They would do yoga classes. Like this seems like exactly the place you would go for to relax and decompress it's and now this is antithetical to what her family is now experiencing which is literally a living a living hell eduardo ramonda is the organizer and the instructor of the retreat he's since scrubbed all the social media of nancy the retreat has blocked anyone that has mentioned her he turned his socials private he also is blaming the family for making him look bad when they've only been begging him for help for weeks that he will not give he only responded to berate them about how badly they're making him look. And there's also tons of accounts coming forward stating that this is all alleged that he touched students inappropriately and that he is a narcissist with a cult-like following at the yoga studio. He teaches in the Pasadena and Koreatown locations. 
This witness who last see Nancy live, her name is Christina Maria Blazek. She's actually a public defender for the San Bernardino County, which, gross. <laughs> San Bernardino County is one of the most dangerous places in the U.S. I just can't with San Bernardino. She states that she, you know, through her attorney, because she won't speak with the family directly, states that she fully cooperated with Guatemalan authorities and gave her statement. Of course, again, this conflicts with what authorities have said, authorities have said, because there is no statement to be found. The family tried reaching out multiple times to Christina and she has ignored them for weeks. She says she was, quote, too traumatized to talk about it. That's what her attorney relayed to the family. Actually, they didn't, I don't even think he reached out to the family. He did it through like an inside edition press release on TV. Christina also lied and said that the family threatened her and said that they would, quote, make her talk. And the family was like, nah, that's not what we said. And in fact, the family has now released the actual email that they sent to Christina Marie Blasek that proved her allegations that they were threatening her to be false. Way to spin the narrative, Christina. So I'm just going to read you the email. So the first email sent by Nikki Ng on October 25th, 2023. Nikki is Nancy's sister. Hi, Christina. My name is Nikki Ng. My brother Jonathan is also CC'd here. We are Nancy's sister and brother. We received your information from some guests at the, and it's redacted. As you can imagine, the days since Nancy's disappearance have been incredibly painful and difficult. We understand that you were with her on the water and would like to extend our sympathy for the traumatic experience you must have endured. We have search and rescue teams currently deployed looking for Nancy. Unfortunately, their efforts have been challenged by weather conditions and incomplete information. We are reaching out in the hopes that you might have information that will greatly aid in our search. Will you please tell us what you saw during the incident? We understand how difficult it is to revisit such a traumatic event, but our family needs as much information as possible to find Nancy. Please do not hesitate to reach out. We hope to hear from you soon. Thanks, Nikki and Jonathan. So that was, again, on October 25th. They reached out six days later, October 31st. Hey, Christina, it's Nikki and Jonathan again. We have attempted to contact you on prior occasions to request you speak on the facts of my sister's disappearance and you have failed to reply. This raises suspicions not only with me, but also with family and friends that you may be hiding something. While we can't have compassion for what you may, for what may have been a traumatic event, we cannot understand why you will not voluntarily speak with us. It has been nearly two weeks since our sister has gone missing and we are desperate to get the answers we need in order to find her. We encourage you to contact us so we can get a full explanation of what you saw or heard leading up to the events of Nancy's disappearance. Please help us understand what happened and bring Nancy home. If you fail to cooperate, we will pursue this matter further. <sighs> the family is so nice. Like, I would literally be like, listen, bitch. <laughs> Tell me where Audrey is. That's my, my sister. Like, the family's being so nice and just trying to give her an opportunity to tell her side of this story. So Christina's account of the event is as follows. And again, this is through her attorney. She claimed she didn't know Nancy and just met her by bumping into her while they were both on the water kayaking. She said she and Nancy went out further when everybody else headed back to shore. This is a lie. There are literal photos of them together. In fact, with Christina's arm around Nancy and Nancy's grabbing her hand, they look very comfy cozy. They look to be friends. They also took classes at the same LA studio before going on this retreat with one another. Obviously, if someone is drowning, the first instinct I feel is to give them, and this is from the Reddit, and I was like, yes, I agree. The first instinct is to give them both something to hold on to, like, oh, let me throw a life vest onto you, which they both had in their kayaks. But what, Na what Christina claims is that Nancy jumped into the water. She grabbed Nancy's kayak. She had one foot in her own kayak and one foot in Nancy's kayak. 
it's like, why would that even make sense to have one foot in one kayak and one foot in the other? How did you not fall into the water based on that alone? What makes the story even more bizarre was that once she, you know, Nancy allegedly goes into the water, she's sucked under, she drowns. Uh, Christina went back to shore and those that were witnesses on the shore said that Yogi Eddie met Christina on the shoreline and immediately ushered her inside without talking to anyone. The group just basically clammed up and did not speak to anyone after. The kayak rental owners didn't even know anyone was missing until they tried to get paid the next day for those rental kayaks and then they already found out, oh shit, the group already left the country. (laughs) So they just literally left some girl that was on their trip in the water, not reporting it, not paying for their excursion, quickly leaving, going back to the hotel, ransacking Nancy's room, and then going back home, I think it was like two days earlier. While it is possible that Guatemalan authorities did in fact speak to Christina initially, they never got the full statement because she fled the country, which is why her statement is nowhere to be found in this 100-page report. It's now been over a month, and only now has Christina decided to release a statement over the last week which was a televised statement to a news channel rather than to authorities who are still trying to reach Christina. And I guess Hot 8 Yoga wants to hold a candlelight vigil despite passively aggressively allegedly telling people at their studio to not mention Nancy at all. What's crazy is that Christina Marie Blazik, I mentioned up top she's a public defender for San Bernardino County, but what's interesting is that she also worked for Harvey Weinstein as a legal assistant between 2018, um, 2016 to 2018. He was exposed in 2017, so she was right in the midst of all that chaos when his cancellation was happening and all the victims were coming forward and he was found guilty. Something else I found out on Reddit, Reddit though I don't know who this user's sources are, but they claim that Christina actually has quite a disturbing past. She's filed for multiple restraining orders against three people, including at least two domestic violence cases, including her Italian father. She filed a restraining order against him in 2020. There are other legal cases in Christina's background show that she also sued her dad over a house that was being foreclosed on in 2020. And then there's also a few other small claims cases. Could she have had other financial issues too? Like, it just seems like this woman is very messy very sketchy has gone through a lot of hardships over the past couple years and I you know just it's very possible that Nancy's family could be listening to this episode and I don't even want to put out you know possible theories because you guys can find that online and I think it's just important to note that this woman is still missing and what can we do boots on the ground with what we have, knowing that we're not, most of us probably are not in Guatemala. And if you are in Guatemala, I would love to hear about, you know, your experience. If you've been on Lake Audit Lawn, what the undercurrents are like. And I think it is important to know, like the waters were super choppy the day that Nancy went missing. So it is, it's not outside the realm of possibility, right? That she did in fact drown. I think the more puzzling piece of that is the fact that Black Wolf helicopters searched the majority of that lake and nothing has surfaced as of yet. That's very strange. And I think number two is why were there such bizarre behaviors on behalf of everyone at the retreat? Why would they just swiftly lift, I mean, leave the kayak area, not pay for the kayaks, run back to the resort, ransack Nancy's room? Like, why were there such strange behaviors? And I would love, love, love to hear someone who was on the retreat that's not Christina, that's not Eddie. Like, what is your 
perspective on what happened. And I'm sure Nancy's family has reached out to those others who were on the trip. And I would love to hear their perspective on why it was that they left so swiftly. What was Christina's demeanor? I, I just am trying to put myself in Christina's situation. And if she had nothing to do with it, it's a moral and ethical thing to reach out to a family that's clearly in distress and clearly heartbroken and clearly traumatized by the disappearance of their loved one. And what's always the most disturbing to me in true crime cases such as this is that when a body is not able to be recovered, that is probably the worst thing that can happen for a family. And regardless of what Nancy's fate ultimately was or is, it is the right of her families to have her, dead or alive, the body. And I can't even imagine going through such a traumatic event and never being able to get closure from having a physical body with you. That to me is just the most disturbing at all. And if in fact, Christina didn't have anything to do with it, how hard is it to just call the family immediately and be like, this is exactly what happened. I'm doing whatever I can to talk with the authorities to show them exactly where we were when, uh, when Nancy decided to go for a swim. I tried my best to save her and I was so panicked and I didn't know what to do. And I left. If that's the case, then just say it. But why is she just being so silent in all this? I think that is what's causing this hoopla of attention because there's so many people that have so many questions as to why someone who is what she says to be, you know, having nothing to do with this disappearance, why would it be so difficult for you to just reach out to the family and give them some kind of closure, help them identify where they should be searching rather than it's like a needle in a haystack to be trying to find that body in a huge freaking lake. Again, I want to reiterate the importance of the GoFundMe uh, on behalf of Nancy's family. Just donate whatever you can, even if it's $5, just a latte. It would help them immensely. And please just try and get this story out. Post it on your socials. Follow them on Instagram at Help Us Find Nancy. You know, they're giving everyone updates through that um, through that Instagram page. I can't even imagine going through a holiday season, going through Thanksgiving uh, two days ago without my sister. It actually makes me sick to my stomach even thinking about that. And what's even the most heartbreaking is Nikki, Nancy's sister, did an interview and she was clearly distraught and saying, you know, my dad sleeps with his phone right next to him at night on loud in the event like a ransom call comes through like just praying that nancy's still alive let's help this family do what we can remotely from wherever you are in the world and i know it would mean so much to them if you just wrote them a note on the gofundme wrote them on instagram just a little bit of kindness goes a long way and i think the most heartwarming you know nugget in this entire horrible distressing situation is Nancy's family has expressed the gratitude from complete strangers all over the world. They said that, you know, they shared a few messages um, on, I forgot if it was their GoFundMe or their Instagram page of people who live in Guatemala that are messaging them out of the woodwork randomly. Uh, and they're saying, hey, you know, I heard about this case and I swim like Audit Lawn. I kayak on like Audit Lawn. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled. You know, we're going to enlist all of our friends to help. You know, there's civilians that are just out here trying to help this family, these strangers, trying to help other strangers. It's really a beautiful, beautiful thing to show how a community can come together. And so I really hope that the know-it-alls can come together and just really try and, you know, make it, even if it's a small, small difference in this family's 
hell that they're experiencing. So I love you guys so much. Uh, I'll post on my Instagram too uh, a few, you know, carousel photos of Nancy and just how beautiful she is and how beautiful her family seems. And um, remember, please try and donate if you can, if you have the means to Nancy's GoFundMe and follow them on Instagram at help us find Nancy. And a really good resource uh, for developments on this case is this guy named Ed on TikTok. Like I mentioned, he's super good at posting recent developments. His handle on TikTok is at E-T-C-H-A-S-K-E-J, at Chaskej. Once again, it's at E-T-C-H-A-S-K-E-J on TikTok, and I'll post this link on my show notes. All right, love you guys so much.